0: You are listening to U of M Radio on your Historic Dial podcast, and this is Episode 7, Women's Rights in 71. Hello, this is Hannah taking over from Karen as the KUOM Project Archivist at the University of Minnesota Archives. March is Women's History Month, and today we're going to listen in on a discussion on women's rights from nearly 50 years ago. In 1971, Helen McMillan, who attended but did not graduate from the University of Minnesota, was the only woman sitting in the Minnesota State Legislature, serving as a representative from 1963 to 1974. She was a guest on the show featured in today's podcast, Legislature 71, which was a weekly discussion program focused on the problems and possibilities facing the 1971 Minnesota Legislature. Other topics covered by the program included human rights, Indian affairs, transportation, housing, and environmental issues. On the show today, we will first hear Representative McMillan discuss her singular status with the Senator Roland Glevy and Diana Murphy of the League of Women Voters.
1: Our program today is balanced between the sexes for the first and probably the only time this year since there is only one woman legislator in the Minnesota legislature, and perhaps it would be a good thing to begin by asking Representative McMillan why there aren't and have not been more women in the Minnesota legislature. Uh, I
2: wish I had an answer to that. I just can't figure it out, but we did, you know, right after the suffrage amendment passed, have quite a few women in the legislature. I think something like 12 or 14. Then that continually dwindled down, and then three of us were elected in 1963, three women. But I think at that point there had been about 25 or 30 women who filed. And this, of course, is one of the points that women have to file in order to, start to run. And that is uh, absolutely non-discriminatory at all. All they have to do is have their little $25 and go down to the, the courthouse and file. So, uh, it can't be anyone's fault that they aren't running, but their own, and I'm terribly disappointed that we, can't, uh, that we can't seem to get more women. But when, as this last time, only 12 women filed, the percentage, you see, is probably about what they should have, when you figure that there were at least 404 men filed.
3: Why uh, do you think, uh, Representative McMillan, why do you think so few women file?
2: I don't know. I frankly don't know. I think they have a little bit uh, standards are set a little bit higher than they really need to be. Qualifications, certainly in uh, in the legislature in both Senate and House, they have all different types of of men running in all different fields: labor, farm, you know, professional, and so on. And it seems to me that women feel that they have to be great
1: specialists in something before they'll run.
3: You think that they might feel that they have to be more qualified than a man, perhaps, to yes. run? Yes.
1: ...bring Senator Glevy into the conversation and ask if he has any reflections about why there aren't more women in the legislature or whether he thinks it desirable that there should be. Senator Glevy?
4: Well, it's obvious that there aren't more women uh, just by looking around. and. Uh, <laughs> And I guess I would have to say uh, exactly what uh, Ms. Murphy wants me to say, is that there aren't more women because their husbands just won't let them run. I think it's just that simple. And, uh, you know, I would hesitate to throw my wife into this.
1: Uh, well, let's, uh, let's hit that. Why? Uh, What's wrong um, with a woman holding public office? Not a
4: thing, but I just think their husbands will not allow it, that's all.
3: Do you think there's a fear that the family life would suffer? Uh, if the wives were active outside of the home?
4: Well, I think it's, uh, you know, my family life suffers. Uh, Certainly it would suffer just as much, if not more. Uh,
1: I think we've we've talked about uh, the legislature itself, but I believe that uh, you Mrs. Uh, Murphy have... I'd like to add add one more point.
4: I I think it's uh, important that those those of us who are in the legislature, men particularly, have to deal uh, you know constantly within our political parties with women who are active in politics, and uh, I guess uh, you know our wives at least my own would be uh, hard pressed to encourage uh, one of her counterparts in politics to uh, take an active role and become a legislator uh, they uh, i don 't think women trust each other as much as men trust women and, uh, and so they really aren 't going to go out and support their uh, Politically minded sisters in, the, in this effort.
3: Well, I think the record demonstrates that you know what you say is true because certainly we if let the Mrs. women. Mr.
1: McMillan have equal time on that if, one.
2: If the
3: women all went out and voted, uh, they obviously could could influence any election they wanted to, since they do make up a majority of the population.
2: Of course, this is right, but I don't believe that women like women. I honestly don't. After having five campaigns and and so on. For some reason or other, they do not support women.
0: Next, the panelists discuss the expansion of an anti-discrimination law, most likely the Minnesota Human Rights Act, which passed in 1973 and protected women from discrimination in employment, housing, public services, and several other areas.
3: Well, I think a a natural one to uh, begin with is uh, this uh, legislation that is going to be introduced to expand the coverage of the state anti-discrimination law uh... which now presently includes uh... provision uh... banning discrimination against sex in the area of employment but there is going to be legislation i understand introduced to extend that to include the areas of real property public services public accommodations and education and i wonder if we could Hear what Senator Glevy and Representative McMillan would <clears throat> feel in regard to such legislation. Whether they would support it.
2: Well, I would say it, it certainly support it. Uh, it in the uh, discrimination chapters in the statutes. All of them could well add and sex in any place that race, color, creed, national origin, and sex would not be remiss at all. And I think it should be done. I see no reason why not.
4: Senator? In spite of the campaign issue, and will probably be raised, that Senator Levy supports sex in certain (laughs) areas, Uh, I'm surprised it's not in the statute. And Mm -hmm. I wondered if if somebody had an idea why it wasn't in there to begin with.
2: I don't think uh, there is any real reason except that they had worked so very hard for so many years for job equality. And so they merely set their sights on that and then haven't followed through.
0: Also passed after the recording of this program was the Equal Rights Amendment, a piece of legislation intended to constitutionally guarantee equal rights regardless of gender. A controversial bill since its inception, some argued that the amendment would actually hurt women as it could potentially erase legislation specifically designed to help them.
3: One of the things related to this is that we do have in Minnesota uh, Uh, minimum wage law for women and minors and other kinds of protective legislation that we don't have for men and I see that uh, there are some bills already introduced uh, in this area again in this session and this is something that a lot of women are concerned about you do get opinion on both sides however but people concerned about the status of women say that this this kind of legislation in effect prohibits women from being considered for certain kinds of jobs because employers have to pay them more or have to make certain provisions for their employment that may not be necessary but that may be uh, expensive for the employer and so therefore this prohibits women from certain kinds of positions. Well, I
2: I agree with that. I think
1: it's true. Senator (coughs) Glovey?
4: Well, we're in a business, of course, uh, where we employ uh, on our workforce all, all men except for several programmers and uh, secretaries and whatnot. And uh, I would guess that uh, it isn't absolutely necessary that our truck drivers and heavy equipment operators be men. I would think that, uh, you know, one of the first steps you'd have to go through would be to get them into the Union, 49ers in this case, or 120, and to, uh, you know, bring them up through the ranks in that particular uh, in that particular manner, and, and that would be, I would think, extremely difficult for, for a woman to tackle or even want to. So if we were for going to take out or, or disregard any, uh, any job different differentiation between men and women, I think women in their own, anybody in their right mind wouldn't, you know, apply for and take a job that uh, completely out of character to what uh, she might be interested in. And if she was, fine, we have no objection. I'm sure they make good truck drivers.
1: Well, let, me, let me ask Mrs. Murphy, and I believe you are an advocate of women's rights, uh, whether you want to have these special provisions of the law that were introduced originally as safeguards repealed, for example, the minimum wage and the uh, legislation and the regulation on the number of working hours and so on.
3: This kind of thing was raised when, uh, for instance, Uh, in regard to the Equal Rights Amendment or the proposed Equal Rights Amendment to the Constitution. And I belong to the school of thought that feels I would rather have my rights (laughs) to be an equal citizen. um, I would favor that and feel in the long run it would benefit me more as an individual than to be limited by the certain kinds of protections I might get in individual cases. And uh, so I would, if there are really crisis and hazard situations, then this legislation should include men also, and not just be limited to women.
0: The Equal Rights Amendment was ratified in Minnesota in 1973, and Representative McMillan was quoted as saying she felt that the battle is finally won. Ultimately though, the amendment was three states short of the net 38 necessary to ratify a federal amendment. The episode continues with examples of ways women can be professionally shortchanged from not receiving equal pay to not being promoted as frequently or as highly as men with comparable experience.
1: There was a, on February 20th, a news dispatch that some 2,000 employees of the state of Minnesota were shorted some 800 or almost $900,000 during the last six months of the last year. And of this $900,000, Approximately $382,000 was money that should have been paid to women who were underpaid because they were receiving less pay than men in identical jobs. Uh, here it would seem that there, there is a, a logical opportunity for the state to act, if, if there is any, anywhere.
4: I'd have to agree with that, uh, that statement. I don't think the state should uh, absolve itself from any uh, any guilt uh, along that line, and that uh, certainly we as legislators uh, legislate, that we expect our administrators to administrate the law that we uh, pass, and uh, the fact that they don't do it or neglect to do it...
2: Uh, I can't understand why there hasn't been more... Uh Complaints about it from the women in the departments. This is part of our problem, too, I think. Women don't speak up, and certainly they're aware of the difference in paychecks. And I would certainly hope the state would.
1: Is there anything in the law currently that requires equal pay for equal work? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, except, I
4: except, I might add, excuse me, Murphy, except that. You know, we always feel that some people are more equal than others, or should be, and, uh, and we get into that concept. I'm sure that's what the administrators thought. anyway.
0: Listening to this discussion, it's clear that many of the conversations we are having now regarding discrimination, and women's rights in particular, began decades ago, and have never really been resolved. Almost 50 years after this program was recorded, issues like the undervaluation of women's knowledge and labor, reproductive rights, and affordable child care are still at the forefront of many political and social debates. The 1971 to 1972 legislative session was the only one in which Representative McMillan stood as the lone female legislator. Perhaps by appearing on this program, she inspired other women to run. In the immediately subsequent sessions, there were six women serving, then eight, then 13, then 20. The numbers increased every year until 2009. Today there are 65 women serving in the Minnesota legislature. That's all we have for this episode. Tune in next month when we celebrate Earth Day with conservation-themed programs. Thanks for listening. The U of M Radio on your Historic Dial podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment. Subscribe or download on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss another moment of Historic Minnesota Radio. If you enjoy our clips and want to hear or learn more, go to www.lib.umn.edu slash uarchives and search KUOM in the collections guides. Digitization of University Archives recordings was financed in part with funds provided by the state of Minnesota from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund through the Minnesota Historical Society.